Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day guys, my name is Gabe, otherwise known as Anabolic Gabe. I'm a man who somehow makes TikToks for a living and try to help as many people as possible with positive fitness, nutrition, advice and just general vibes, I guess. And you're listening to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast with Danny Kennedy. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. Gabe, welcome to the podcast, brother. Mate, it's, um, well, firstly, fucking welcome. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. Thanks which for was having about me. probably five minutes ago, first yeah. time we've met. But, um, man, I was pretty jaded to, to get you in today. I think this would be a really, mm-hmm. really inter- interesting chat. I've been following along with um, plenty of your content online since I come across your page. Fuck. Maybe like maybe six months ago or something like that. Yep. I believe you're good mates with Jacko, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I yeah. think that's how I first come across your stuff. And um, I mean, it's been super interesting to watch. Like your content's very engaging. Mm-hmm. You've got a very engaged audience. Um, and it, by the looks of it, you're starting to really step into the business side of things as well, yeah. which is super exciting. Man, before we dive in, there's heaps I want to talk about, but... How did you first get introduced to lifting? Because um, obviously, looking at your yeah. rig, you've been you've been at it for a while. But what was the the first kind of um, introduction to getting in the gym and strength training? Oh, first, I appreciate the kind words, but I guess it was after year twelve finished. I was eighteen. Uh, myself and Louis Phillips, who I run the business with, we just started going down to like the outdoor gym. I believe it was in Elwood, mm-hmm. and we just started doing pull ups, just lifting weights. We were two skinny high school kids just looking to put on mass and i'm sure you found it the same once you start figuring out a few things out like you start at a very rudimentary basis not knowing anything but you slowly research things and you slowly refine little bits and pieces and all of a sudden you're obsessed with creating the most optimized regimes and ways to eat and supplement and recover and things like that so i suppose it started off very simple and then quite advanced to um to today so yeah definitely didn't start off like that but towards yeah you just slowly figure things out mm. um and i feel like as you know as i said before you've got a highly engaged audience mm-hmm. you put out really good informative content documenting a lot of stuff you're doing but also sharing plenty of advice for your audience which i love because I, I that's exactly how i try and approach it as well mm-hmm. who were you kind of inspired by was there anyone because when i look at you i see Ziz, I see yeah, like yeah. that kind of generation of, of kind of like yeah. lifters, but also the lifestyle as well and the yeah. style of content. So who was someone that you kind of looked yeah. up to in that? It's regard? funny. I wasn't inspired by Ziz whatsoever and that is it's zero crazy. disrespect to him whatsoever. And yeah. It was crazy. I was in LA with his brother yeah. and like that's kind of what got more got me more interested in it, mm-hmm. all the hard style and the Ziz the stuff. It wasn't really, yeah, stuff, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, this is awesome. So it actually wasn't that. I'd say probably the closest one would have been like Callum Von Moga. Yeah. I was would like follow his content super closely. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like I'd watch a lot of Zach Perrin's stuff. Yep, Zach's. Uh, to Legend. like 
for the meal prep stuff, I got so many ideas from here. I'm like, well, you can actually be independent in the kitchen. I thought his stuff was amazing. Other than that, I, I grew, up, grew up playing soccer. So I always had like an athletic background from there. But it, like I wasn't really into that whole bodybuilding thing. I didn't watch too many people. Yep. So if anything, those would probably be the two closest inspirations. Yeah. And as well, I mean, that's even more of a credit to you in terms of the fact that you have just been your authentic self mm-hmm. through your content and, and people love that. Was there someone, not from like the, I guess, role model side of things, but in terms of your knowledge around lifting, um, mm. around nutrition and a lot of the science or evidence-based type yeah. of um, methods and whatnot, who was the sources that oh, you kind of learned from? Got to be regard? Jeff Nippard, number one. I yeah. would just like have his videos on repeat because I felt like watching one of his 10-minute videos, I would learn more than I would at six months in university. And I just have those on repeat. Like I'd be working my part-time job during uni and just having... Uh, you know, my phone in the background with an AirPod and just listening to some Jeff Nippard stuff. And I swear I learned so much yeah. through that. So in terms of like the uh, the scientific side of things, definitely Jeff Nippard. Uh, I, I remember watching a few like Athlean X videos as well. Jeff I know, Cavalier, yeah, yeah. He's got quite a bit of hate, but some of his videos were great. Yeah, for sure. I, I think those would have been the main two though. I think Jeff Nippard was actually the first like proper program I ever did. And I got so much out of that. I think Jeff is awesome and you're doing a good job of it as well. But Mm -hmm. in terms of putting out really um, valuable and educational content in an entertaining way. And I think that's where Zach um, does a really good job of it Mm -hmm. um, in terms of his his content he puts out definitely on the entertainment side of things. He used to be like so like meal preppy value based and I think he's gone to more like personality stuff. Yeah, Zach. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like so understand that. Like sometimes you just got to do what you're passionate engaged. about. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that's exactly right. He, especially with Zach, like it genuinely comes across. And even I'm speaking with him, like that, he just fucking mm. loves the entertainment and yep. production side of things of putting it together, mm. and he, and he's good at doing it too. What was your? I mean, how old are you now? Twenty four. Just turned in September. Crazy. So. In the, what, like six, seven years that you've been training? Yeah, yeah, since, yeah, six years, yep. What have you found, um, especially as you mentioned before, maybe having more of an ec- more of an ectomorph type body, would you think? I actually or don't meso? even know what, like, each of the things. I always thought it was just like uh, jargon that doesn't really matter. <laughs> I was just like, I'm here to put on mass muscle and become as aesthetic as possible and not make up excuses based on what genetics i have uh but explain to me like which ones so ectomorph is typically someone with a faster metabolism that Mm. finds it harder to retain mass or even put on size mesomorph is someone who probably puts on mass quite easily and then Mm. endomorph you tend to hold a bit more fat and and find it harder to to keep it that leaner body fat but the reason I ask is like what have you found has been the most effective training split for you not so much you know but kind of think of it in an overall basis, like frequency, like how often mm. are you targeting a muscle group per week and are you sticking – I know watching your, your content, it seems like you're pretty um, – spending a lot of your time on your compound movements yeah. and, and getting strong as Definitely. well. So what's worked best for you? I think what I found worked best was, again, I got introduced to it on my first proper program, which was the Jeff Nippard. Yeah. Uh, it was an intermediate upper-lower size and strength program. And so it was three days a week – lower three days a week upper and for most people that have just come off a bro split where they're training legs once per week you're just getting decimated (laughs) yeah it's three times per week and like you're squatting and deadlifting on each of those and i i was on exchange in malaysia and doing that program and i came back and put on like 15 kilos of i swear like the leanest 
like my friends all thought I'd run a cycle or something. <laughs> uh, and my legs just blew up so much and all my compound lifts made so much progress. And I thought if you're only training upper body three times per week, maybe, you know, it's going to dwindle away, but it didn't. It got bigger because mm. it was more intelligent training. Uh, so I, I've found that has been the best form of training. Now I'm kind of more on like an advanced split where I'll actually do like more full body stuff. Most of my sessions will be, and I find that really good for intentional volume. You know, I'm going to deadlift and bench on the same day and hit some accessories. And I yeah. find that really good at the moment, but definitely in my kind of intermediate stage, I think I'm nearing more the advanced stuff now. Intermediate was so good for upper lower and that's where I made most of my progress I must say. Yeah, and I mean, with the as you're moving towards more of the advanced level now, and as mm. you said, uh, more full body sessions, it also allows, assuming that volume is not super high, like yep. a lot more frequency without mm. having to rest as long between. Exactly, it depends what muscle. my coach prescribes and what training block I'm at. But like at the moment, deadlifting three times a week, benching three times a week, squatting only once, so just varying a few little things in there. And the the full body means like. You can train for like 70 minutes or something, but that is an intense, really intentional focus, 70 minutes. For someone that's listening at the moment that um, is is kind of new to it, they're at the beginner phase mm. and, and they have kind of got like their split lockdown and whatnot, aside from the nutrition, which we'll touch on soon, like yeah. what, what would be some advice that you would pass on in terms of is it really – um optimizing technique and in, and the intensity and the cues is it um is it making sure you're overloading like what are mm. the things that you found made the biggest benefit or gave you the biggest benefit in terms of what you were focusing on within the sessions i'd say i'd steer it away to to jet more like a general thing i think when you're a beginner you don't have to overthink it too much right the reality is like you can almost give them any training program and they're going to make so much. Yeah. yeah, as a beginner and they're going to make so much progress because they probably haven't been exposed to that intensity. Uh, and like, so, so many people like attribute, oh, this is the most optimal training program. It's like, no, they're just a beginner and haven't utilized their genetic potential whatsoever. So I'd say don't overthink it. You see on TikTok all these like beginners going, oh, but that's not optimal. This isn't optimal. And it's like, you just need to focus on like, actually putting the work in and developing consistency and training as a habit like do it so long that where it becomes like brushing your teeth or like at the point now it's like you feel guilty if you miss a session not in like an unhealthy way but it's just part of who you are now. it's part of who yeah. you are like i will like my worst mental health days will be on days i don't train because it's like i need that outlet mm -hmm. and something to put effort into yeah I love that. And you mentioned, again, just then TikTok and, and you also mentioned it in the intro, like with your style of content, like mm. are you, this is something that I'm probably a bit intrigued with, like when you're putting out content, is it literally just like <clears throat> documenting what you're doing throughout the day or like I feel like posting this, I'm doing this, like how much thought and time you're putting into creating yeah. this content, particularly on the TikTok side of things? I mean, at the moment, I'm not really too happy with my TikTok content. It's a bit all over the place uh, and I think I should put more planning and strategy into it i probably focus more of my efforts onto the business side uh for a little while now but i want to get back into really putting it, it's weird because i feel like when you put more effort into the videos they do worse but if i just do like a off the cuff seven second duet it'll get like a million views or something so but it's like what, what value are you actually providing yeah so, relatability as well a lot of time yeah. i think makes a huge difference mm -hmm. like yeah, it's interesting. Do you find that TikTok is probably your more engaged platform at the moment or mm. where do you find that you're getting the best engagement from the uh, audience? Snapchat is my strongest, definitely. It's so interesting. Yeah. I've noticed that a lot through your stuff lately yeah. and I feel like 
for a lot of people, heaps of people kind of stepped away from it for a bit, but you yeah, find it still they fucking... Did. Well, I had like a personal account, you know, you just use for like Snapchatting your mates or girls or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I deleted that and then just made like one for creating content and I like barely use it for messaging, but I'll, I'll spam all my stories on there and that's all like the diehard fans that will follow you on there and like you can get these creative features where they are all replying to it and it's like the most community building, engaging, interactive platform I've got and like... I think the ultimate tell of how much pull a, an influencer or a creator has is like if their Snapchat's popping or not. Mm. Interesting. You mentioned the word community, um, which is something that you've seemed to grasp really well. What What do you think are the kind of core, or the fundamental kind of things that need to be in place to really build that engaged type of community? Mm. Does it, is it really just come down to the personality and people you know yeah. wanting to consume the content because of the person or is there certain things that you put in place to to build that community up it's weird right because i never like set out to like have the cult following that i have and i'm not gonna lie i think i've got one of the biggest cult followings in the country of kids that'll just like go mental like do anything like certain so, like my car will get swarmed sometimes it's crazy <laughs> like and i didn't set out for that to happen but it somehow happened and i wouldn't trade it for the world i don't know i think it's I probably piss off a lot of people, but the ones that relate to me relate so hard and they're like so passionate about it. So I'd say, and it wasn't me like going, oh, I'm just going to be myself. I just genuinely was myself, not on purpose, but that's just how the content came out. And I think that annoyed some people, but the people that loved it, like really loved it. And there's probably a few in between as well, but I'd like think when they relate to you really hard, that's when you, you develop that community and yeah so i don't don't know like how to give a tip because i feel like if you fake it people can see through that and i think prime's developing like a similar thing people who relate to like his footy and whatnot so like just understand what kind of content you want to create and what separates you from other people like i'd say what separates me is i'm not afraid to like speak my mind if someone's gonna tell me off for making like a video related about calories i actually don't care like i'm willing to put myself out there and I think people appreciate, uh, you know, that bravery, something like that. Yeah, the vulnerability, mm. the authenticity as well. Like, you know, for anyone who ha- has or hasn't um, consumed Gabe's content, like, you know, even like posting a lot of shit around going out and whatnot, mm. which I think is super important. And that's something that, you know, Kane and I talk about all the time, even with my content. I've always made sure that not trying to put on this facade of like, you mm. know, I am the perfect fucking fitness role model, blah, blah, blah. But like... Is that something that you found has actually increased the relatability in terms of like, yeah, yeah I'm still fucking normal. Like I train my ass off and I have yeah. a lot of dedication. And as you said, it's become part yeah. of who you are, but you're still an, a normal kid as well. I think the social aspect is so important because if I didn't hang out with my mates, you know, have a beer or two on the weekend with him, I'd go crazy. And I have had that when, when I'm in comp mode and, you know, I'm making those sacrifices. It's like uh, athletes who are a lot more elite level than I am make, but like it's tough making those sacrifices and i don't know it definitely is a trade-off because they're not conducive like drinking and going out with your mates and like elite level performance but there does have to be some aspect of being social so i think people definitely do appreciate like me showing them that i'm not a robot and i'm not hiding that side because but it's also like it's a weird one because you don't want to say oh yeah go and get pissed with your mates every second night it's kind of like you know pick your moments i'd say yeah definitely Kane and I were talking uh, just before you come in uh, about 
uh, something that Kane mentioned, sorry, was the fact that he relates a lot to the nutrition side of things and, and really enjoys that content. Um, are you able to dive in just for the audience a bit around like your kind of philosophy on nutrition and, yeah. and how you approach it? And even, um, again, Kane mentioning things <coughs> like showing people that you don't need to do anything super fancy and it doesn't need to be on this really mm. high budget. You can, you can eat extremely well towards whatever your goal is yeah. without having to go over the top. Yeah, I suppose I always found like being in the kitchen quite cathartic and I loved being creative in there and, you know, it's, it is hard nowadays to find the time in the kitchen, but I make sure I always like find a bit of time every week just to be creative, maybe try some new recipes, things like that. But yeah, I'd say like at the start, I was eating like mum's cooking and whatnot and I kind of got sick of it. So I just grew a little bit of independence, started using the barbecue, like marinating chicken. You know, you start it absolutely rubbish at it, but you slowly like find what's tasty. And then that whole jump, one, once you get into the macros thing, I remember I was yeah. so overwhelmed by it. I was like, no, I don't need to do that. Like, that's crazy. It's so confusing. And then I kind of understood it. And I'm like, oh, this is really cool. It's fucking easy too, and yeah. Yeah, it's easy once you get the hang of it. Um, and, you know, I remember, like, my parents getting so annoyed with me. I'd have, like, 12 containers out <laughs> on the kitchen bench and cooking this meal there, like a bit of beef, bit of chicken there and, you know, trying to figure it all out. And I've been there for two and a half hours just dominating the kitchen. And But I think that's where I made all my progress is when I started understanding what goes into these meals. And then you try to, like, make it look good for the camera and whatnot. And I think my food doesn't look particularly good on camera. Maybe not like the Aussie fitness, who's the guy who makes it look extremely aesthetic. Uh, but mine's more like practical meal prep yeah. for the week. Like uh, what I would be doing was taking it to university, then to work and I'd have a lunchbox full of like four meals. And I would be the kid just eating in class all the time, churning down my meals. And uh, that, I think that's where the progress was all made. Just, mm. Like and that compounds too along with the training. It's like com compounding mm. the consistency with the food side. I remember it was an absolute grind station. I'd be at uni for eight hours having all my uh, like 200 grams of protein, 3,200 calories and getting those meals. And it wouldn't be on the days. I feel like it'd be every damn day and then going to the gym with Louis after. And having that routine is just like – start of the year, oh, this was 2019. Start of the year I was 67 kilos and – by the end in like September, I was 85 with like still Jesus. just like even better abs. Like people like, oh, it obviously it's not all muscle, but it was damn lean weight. Yeah. So, and I think those sessions like six times a week, training ruthlessly, eating ruthlessly, that is what made all the progress. Do you get, uh, I think I saw some of your, one of your posts the other day around like um, people asking if you're natty and whatnot. Oh, get, like how often do you get fucking asked that? uh definitely when i'm more shredded when i'm like more bulk people are like oh yeah he looks like shit like <laughs> he's obviously natty but when i get shredded that's when i like i think i got a reddit thread on me if i'm natty or not and obviously you get like salty kids uh next like, not, next step is uh derek from more plates more oh nice. yeah, yeah that's when i know i made it yeah, yeah i think i don't look quite as good as some of the natty beasts like <laughs> alex little or jeff side or something like that so if I'm on a Derek video, then I know I've made it. So maybe this summer I'll be in career best shape <laughs> and we'll get a video like that on. But I am Natty. I compete in a powerlifting federation that is drug tested. I actually haven't been drug tested yet. That must mean I'm not performing well enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the that's a go. On that side of like getting questioned or maybe the negativity side of things, mm. obviously with a bigger following and bigger mm. audience and engaged um, content comes the negative side of it as well with mm comments and, and you said before there's a lot of people that maybe get pissed off 
one, like why why do you think people are getting triggered by some of your content? And two, like does does it affect you in any way or is it something you're just brushing off? Mm, sometimes it does affect me, but what's made it really easy is doing it with mates. Like obviously I've been doing it with Louis the whole time and now Prime and, yeah, you know, so we, if I ever do get a comment that affects me, like I'll always just tell my mates about it and we'll dissect it. Mm-hmm. Problem shared is a problem halved as the classic saying goes, but it really is for hate comments like that. Um, biggest one I get is that I'm short and <laughs> like they, they just go like, oh, you're a midget or something like that. And it's like, okay. Okay, um, yeah. I think they'd like try to attribute my physique to like being a midget or something like that. And what else would I get? Uh, like creating, uh, apparently promoting eating disorders for like dissecting the calories in videos. Yeah, Crazy. which I just don't. Comes from lazy people. Yeah, I just don't agree with that. And I'll never agree with that. And that will never stop me from making videos. Because like, I'll have people come up to me in person saying, bro, you like, you helped me lose 60 kilos. And it's like, that's that's what makes that's it That's what you do it for, yeah. Yeah, I don't care if like, like you shouldn't be watching TikTok videos if that's what's going to get you triggered in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. It always blows my mind that someone is willing to take time out of their day to not only watch content mm. from someone they don't supposedly <laughs> like, but then also leave a fucking comment. Uh, yeah, I remember showing Chesty that, because uh, that, this was when I first met him and we... My mates were trying to like introduce my content to him and yeah. I showed him like that avocado one, obviously the that's what I'm known for. Uh, and he goes, this is great information. Great information. Hell people like getting yeah. mad at that. So it's really funny. Uh, yeah. And to leave a comment as well, the other side of that I think is like, they probably not have, they probably don't have enough things going on in their own life. Or struggling. Yeah. yeah. Something that I've like, I would, I would, uh, something that I've kind of wrapped my head around as well is that he's probably coming at, at it from more of a compassionate side of like, mm-hmm. fuck, maybe they've got something going on. As, as mm-hmm. easy it is to be like, get fucking angry or, or like annoyed at these comments. It's yeah. like, you almost feel sorry for someone who's willing to, to take their time out of yeah. the day to do that. If their life must be relatively shit if they're spending their time putting someone else down. I know. I think the other two we get, this is particularly for me in Prime, is that uh, one, we're either gay or we're flogs. Because like sometimes we'll have our shirts off and apparently like two guys can't be close good friends without yeah. apparently being gay but it's just uh, it's what you get and I'd, like those aren't the ones that annoy me they're just like funny it's yeah. just like we'll always come from like the most insecure bloke mm. who's like oh you got your shirt off you flog or something it's like <laughs> bro I'm trying to like get some vitamin D <laughs> like it's not that deep <laughs> so I always find them funny I had a, uh, a question box on on socials yesterday yeah. we got a bunch of them heaps of them but um, well, I, well, I only asked a few today. I was going to do it at the end, but I want to mm-hmm. incorporate it now as we talk about this lifting stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the questions was why you kind of went down more so the powerlifting yeah. avenue and not the not the bodybuilding, particularly at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think bodybuilding is definitely growing on me now. But to me, I always like I just couldn't do it to myself or see myself in like the really thin jocks and fully fake tanned up and like look essentially like judge like a piece of meat on the stage. I think. There are some people that make it look so sick, like subjectively as well, like Arn, like an Arnold or a C bum, or even like James English or some. I think they make it look like cool, but there's just a certain element where it's like I just I just can't see myself doing that. And like no judgment to anyone who does do it, I've got a lot of respect for the people who do, but I just couldn't see myself doing that. I was more interested in I find uh, powerlifting big kind of the pinnacle of biomechanics and. I was, you know, in the gym, you're stronger than all your mates and you get stronger than all the people in the gym. And then it's like, where do I take it next? I want to find like a competitive side to this. So it's like, 
you it's know, more of an, an objective sport too. Like it's performance based, and there's exactly. like numbers to back it up. It's not like oh, I think yeah. you look good, and I don't think you look good. It's kind of like exactly, yeah. That that is that's a good point. Um, but I suppose I don't like I want to balance the aesthetic side of that as well. So, for example, the like the people who win my weight class are like five foot two and not particularly aesthetic, and it's like. Well, I, that, like that's an extreme and like, yes, they're so much stronger than me and they've got better leverages and whatnot, but I kind of want to be both strong and like look good on Instagram and on the beach in person, that kind of thing. So yeah. I suppose like the powerlifting side really interests me, but I also don't want to be so one dimensional in that, if that makes sense. hundred percent. And I think there's also like a bit of, um, uh, not, not so much a lesson, but for a lot of people that want to get that aesthetic look, mm-hmm. almost like disregard the fact that you know, by getting strong, super strong, it's going to work mm. in your favor as well. Like yeah. that kind of hybrid between like the strength, power and, and mm. hypertrophy, I think is such an effective way of training. And I think, yeah, if you if you just train, again, no hate to anyone who does do it, but if you just train for hypertrophy, it's like you're just like a balloon animal that like isn't strong and isn't particularly functional. It's, it's just not something I'm interested in. Maybe I will do a bodybuilding show in the future or something like that, but... I do like to train for function as well. I know uh, people make fun of me for like the way I run or whatever. It's but and I probably do need to work on my functional side and athletic side a little bit more. But I do like being kind of more a balanced athlete. Yeah, I see you putting in a lot of time even with cardio and whatnot, which is mm. obviously um, going to enhance recovery rates and stuff like yeah. that between sets and sessions and everything. Um, on the business side of things, obviously there's been a fuckload going on yeah. uh, for you and, and your mates at the moment um, with nine to five and and mm. whether it's the merch, whether it's programs, um, mm. other business opportunities. Like, what's that experience been like in the past six to twelve months? And and I guess mm. has there been like certain difficulties or things that you've found that mm. have been kind of steep learning curves at all? Yeah, I mean the whole thing really. I think the past three years has been this journey, and I, f- I feel like we're kind of starting to to make it a reality now and it didn't feel like there was any sort of blueprint or anyone who's like paved the way for us or anyone who's telling us what to do so it was just constant and it still is like that just like figuring out on a daily basis like how do we improve things how do we make things like at the start we had absolutely no idea now we got a little bit of a better idea I don't even know where to start to be honest because like I I was in uni and very academically oriented and always thought I was going to go down the corporate route. And what did you study at uni? So I did a uh, a bachelor of economics and a bachelor of commerce, uh, and then I got into the honors economics program at Monash. But that was the same time all the social stuff was popping, and there was you know we were making decent money off of it as well. And so I kind of came to a crossroads, and I was like, I need to make a decision here. And it's like. Do you want to do the boring economics thing that's already been done and you're not really having an impact or doing anything new? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to have a go at this and potentially change your life forever and change a whole bunch of other people's lives? And I thought, if I get to 30 and I pick the economics option, I'm probably going to regret it. So Yeah, and it's always there to come back to if you, if you really need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is like such a, um, no pun intended, but prime mm-hmm. window yeah. of, um, of, of opportunity. Mm-hmm. What uh, from that business sense, like you don't have to go into numbers and stuff with merch mm. and whatnot, but like how is, how much has that grown, particularly over the past twelve months? I always was like the merch side was like always Louis' passion project, but I think it just just quickly is it yeah, yeah. is it you and Louis and then Prime as well within that business, or is that oh, just no. yourself and Louis? So it's just me and Louis. We I only met Prime in February. But Feb, yeah, right. Now he's uh, one of my closest Good mates. Mate, yeah. 
But yeah, Louis and I were the owners, so yeah. uh, it's our business and essentially outside of that, all online based in terms of programming and whatnot. Uh, what what was that? What do you mean? So like online programs and stuff mm. is that you and Louis both coaching? Yeah, yeah, and, and the there? um, yeah, it's all like uh, they're more like PDFs. It's not yeah. like a one-on-one coaching yeah, service. Yeah, it's yeah. just like if you want to train how I train, here's my thing. If mm-hmm. you want to train how Louis trains. And then we have our merch on top of that. And then, of course, you got like brand deals and whatnot, yeah. people using your code. Uh, but the like the merch in the past, I think the past six months has been ridiculous. I always thought the merch was like not a particularly profitable. Like it's so hard to make a profit it's a on add-on. apparel. Yeah. It's, it's an add-on people buying into the brand. But now it's really become like uh, a weapon. So like that's why we needed the new warehouse and whatnot. And Which is crazy. So yeah. have you kind of like pivoted your... Um, mindset around the merch now is it now something that you're going to pursue mm. to keep pushing even bigger or still kind of have that as just the little add-on even though it has blown up so yeah much? I had like a, a good conversation with uh one of my friends Jesse Tonioli he made push pull yeah and he said like you should just double down on what you guys are really good at and like people bought like a lot of our shorts like our shorts are our most popular item and they'd always sell out. So I'm like, all right, let me do like more col- uh, more colors, bigger restocks, things like that. And that results in people buying more add-ons like singlets. Like this is, we call this a sing- Sigma singlet because I, I really like this item and it's just a really low key, like casual singlet. So innovating new things that like other like-minded guys will like. And it's all been selling super well. And I don't know where it will go in the future but i'm hoping just every month we grow on top of it yeah and maybe one day it becomes like a major gym brand in australia yeah and doubling down on your strength and playing mm-hmm. to your strengths i, I really like that for uh, you've also got the podcast as well yeah. like is that something you've been enjoying doing and and mm. that form of content something you're looking to continue doing more of uh, yeah another one where i was like doubted it it was louis idea he was like let's do a podcast and i was like nah it's gonna cost too much and like no one's going to listen to it and it ended up being like it'd be probably like the number one podcast that young males in the country listen to it's just insane like it's turned into such a powerhouse and like uh, a testament to our community i think so again louis another idea from louis been turning absolutely amazing and i love it it's like when i do it with louis it just feels like a therapy session for an hour like you feel so good after it there's i think every single podcasts i've done i've just felt way better after it so of course i love it and it's awesome like obviously um you guys are real close mates so you probably have good conversations all the time but Mm. it's crazy like even right now like you and i sitting down for 45 to an hour yeah like think of how often you sit down with someone Mm. without without reading your phone or without shit happening and yeah just have a proper conversation it's um it is kind of like therapeutic in a way yeah and that just like emphasizes that point of being present which i am trying to I think I'm getting better at when I'm with my mates, just putting the phone on, do not disturb. And But then there's the other side of that is like content creation is my job. So I think my friends are more understanding now of like, if I don't talk to you for 30 minutes, I'm on my phone, it's because I'm actually like editing a video or something and need to get it up. So it's either I'm going to be 100% on my phone and doing work or I'm going to be 100% off it and be present in that conversation. Mm. And I think, yeah, being being able to like separate the two is really important. On that side of like being present and then also earlier on you kind of mentioned the mental health like mm. side of things like is the personal development like mindset mental health side of things something that you put a bit of time to mm. like whether it's journaling meditating yeah. and and reading or whatever it may be yeah i'd say uh, like i remember 
probably a year ago to a year and a half ago, we Louie and I had this patch, like we weren't getting on, we were going through breakups, like our mental health was rubbish, like so bad. We look back on it and like almost laugh at how good life is now. And there was a lot of groundwork I did. I would literally meditate in silence for 30 minutes a day. I would be journaling every single day, writing just all my thoughts down, uh, you know, going for walks, listening to music, listening to audio books, listening to podcasts, a lot of like self-help things as well. Uh, and I think that helped me like navigate through like the weeds and say, and it's still something, you know, now that I'm like a lot more happy and mental health is way better, it's easy to forget about the meditation and the journaling, but I still try to keep on top of it, at least do 10 minutes a day of meditation. And that has helped me so much because with the social media and businesses, there's a lot going on through your head. And I think it is so important to sit down in silence and just almost sort it like a filing system about where your thoughts are. And I don't know, otherwise it's just chaos. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Something that jumped out to me um, that I've noticed a bunch of stuff you post is Mm. is your your love for uh, YSL. Gunner, oh, and, Gunner and Thugger. I'm so glad you understand that. Man, I'm I'm a huge fucking yeah, yeah, fan yeah. of like rap and hip hop and yeah, particularly yeah, yeah. Thug and Gunner. Yeah. Um, and for some people listening to this at the moment, they're probably that, going, what the fuck are you <laughs> talking about? Um, but man, like when did you start listening to those dudes? And then also yeah. like what are your thoughts on them of any chance of getting out? They're so stupid, bro. <laughs> I just love how... Um, I was at Rolling Loud in Miami. I saw that. I'm um, so jealous, bro. Yeah. And like everyone was saying like, oh, free wire, self free. <laughs> it's like, bro, they've like killed all these. What do you mean? I know, like, it's you like on one hand, you're just like, fuck. So they, it's, they shoot, it's, I hope when they I post it, it's, it's kind of ironic. It's like free wire, self, but it's like they have done some of the stupidest stuff. Like yeah. there's no chance they're getting out unless say they rat on someone and cut a deal. <laughs> but- when I started listening to them, I think I got into rap a lot when I was on exchange, so 2019. And I think like Young Thug, even his fashion sense, the way he sings is a bit different. Like he'll wear female clothes. Like I, I love the way he goes about it. Uh, he's one of my favorite artists. I love the way Gunner dresses, just like really out there. I love everything about them except uh, the potential gang affiliations and crimes they're associated with. But it comes with the life. Yeah. Anyone else within the industry that you like? Oh, my favorite at the moment is definitely NBA Young Boy. Um, do you listen to him? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, have you? Do you listen to Russ? Are you a fan of Russ at all? Oh, I'm. Yeah. Not. I'm not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Got to get him out. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, yeah. One of the other questions that came up, which I thought was quite funny, was um, what's your Guzman White Gomez order? Oh, I was there yesterday. Yeah. Uh, what do I get? The <laughs> surely got a code by now. A code. You need a, you need a code for Guzman White Gomez. Oh, do you have a code? No, nah, there is no codes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, GYG sponsorship would be really nice, but they're not cheap, are they? They're not. Uh, GYG, I get a burrito bowl and I'll usually go with the chicken because like leanest option. Uh, if I'm feeling a little bit cheeky, I'll get a, a guava Dorito soda. Absolutely <laughs> love them. And uh, the chips with some dip. I might get a $3 taco as well if I'm really hungry. Don't mind it. What... What is your favorite um, spots like that over in the states? Like I've spent a heap of time. Oh, Chick Fil A, just undoubted. Chick Fil A number one, hundred percent. Yeah, In and Out thoughts. No, nah, that was so bad. Have Didn't you like been it? to In and Out? Yeah, yeah. What did you think? All right. Have you been to? Uh, you been to Five Guys here yet? Uh, it looked exactly the same as the one I went to in Miami, and the one in Miami was pretty trash, to be honest. And 
I'm just expecting the same results. So we definitely need a Chick Fil A here. Oh, mate, Chick Fil A. Oh, mate, it's just like the everything about it is so good. We went to the one in downtown LA, which was pretty much an apocalypse. Like I felt <laughs> scared going in there, uh, and like they have the the frosted coffee. Have you had that, nah. mate? That is some the, the texture is just unmatched. It, it is the most delicious thing ever. And then you get the. Uh, it's like the the crispy chicken deluxe meal. <laughs> it's uh, everything. I miss it so much, honestly. Fucking making me hungry, bro. A yeah. um, couple more things before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. One of the other questions that I had, um, and I mean, for listeners of the show, you know, I talk about this all the time. Obviously, it means fuck all unless you're nutrition and your training and recovery and whatnot. Some point, but in your opinion, like, what has been the most effective supplementation that you found? Um, mm. That that is something that's obviously got a fair amount of research to back it up, but is something that you would keep in uh it's hard to like say oh i feel so much better i'm performing so much better than something i'd say the one that's most heavily researched is creatine and like there's rarely a day when i don't take creatine uh i'm trying to think what there would be obviously like caffeine has a performance benefit like so proven just like jeez you up uh, and then like protein, like that would be my top three, caffeine, creatine and protein just because like protein, just convenient. like for me, I've got a sponsor. So every time I integrate protein into a recipe, that's like taking money off my grocery bill and it's super practical, which is essentially what it does. So like the most groundbreaking one, it's, it's a hard to argue between those three. I'm just going to go with like protein just because. To get that 200 grams, like an extra supplement in there, like doing a protein pancake or something is super useful. Yeah, 100%. Mate, before we before we wrap up, what is, like, where do you, what's your vision, I guess, over the next kind of three to five years as mm. to, for yourself personally, but then also within their business? It's uh, a tough one. Where do I say it? Um where do you want it to go? Like where, where, what path are you trying to go down in terms of yourself personally? And then like, what would you like to see within the business? Uh, yeah, I think from a business perspective, which I think we're already doing, but again, I want to double down and just wide scale on it so much as I have the most desirable products out there, both in terms of apparel, in terms of uh, uh, programs, in terms of just any product we touch turning to gold. And I want that to be kind of associated with our name, which I think is already happening with like a lot of our followers do that or know that in that that they treat anything we say as gospel and we treat that with a whole lot of responsibility and care and it's why we don't accept a whole lot of brand deals and anything we get behind is you know wholehearted so i I want that to just be even more wide scout and the message to spread even more and i think you know not putting particular targets on things but i think when you have that and it's wide scale like the numbers come and like that comes from passion as well and you're happy with it and the other side of that is i don't just want to be output driven i want to be have meaning and happiness in myself with what i'm doing and have good mental health and have amazing friends like i do already you know family doing well Uh, and i think if you can achieve a balance with that then you're just winning awesome man well look appreciate you coming in today um it's been a pleasure i've I've enjoyed our conversation a lot Mm. and looking forward to staying in touch and um, for everyone who's listened to today's episode, 
if you've enjoyed this chat, which I'm sure you have, and you want to see more of Gabe's content, I'll have all of his socials and, and also um, business page and whatnot within the show notes below. We'd love to hear your feedback on this episode. So grab a screenshot of this on your phone, post on your Instagram story or your Snapchat or wherever you want to put mm, it. Um, and yeah, we'd love to hear your feedback. But thanks for coming on, brother. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Danny. Pleasure.